The only sports to talk about on Dayton Sports Radio is Ohio State and the Cleveland Browns. <sighs> red flag, red flag, red flag, red flag, red flag, red flag, red flag. This is the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen, a weekly audio podcast that covers everything sports in the Dayton and Cincinnati, Ohio region. No faffing around, no unnecessary chatter, no focusing on that school in Columbus like other shows, just good, honest, local sports happening in Southwest Ohio, Northern Kentucky, and East Central Indiana. Be sure to bookmark SinDayPod.com for ways to listen and podcast merchandise. Theme song by Kevin McLeod on FreePT.com. Here's your host, Lee W. Mallon. Red flag, red flag, red flag, red flag, red flag, red flag. Whew, thank God I got that trend in before it all died out. Seriously, the red flag trend, I saw it for a week and then it just disappeared. So there you go. To my credit, though, I did have a tweet about it and literally that's just what I read. So there you go. Anyway, welcome into episode 222 of the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast, where our selection this episode is American football. Yes, from OHSAA playoffs to the Cincinnati Bearcats being the best Division I team in Ohio and the Cincinnati Bengals being the best team in the AFC. How exciting is it to be a Cincinnati fan? Man, it's a good thing that... Uh, you know, you don't listen to someone that just bashes Cincinnati because they want to or because, oh, the Bengals don't deserve Joe Burrow. The Bengals don't even deserve oxygen. <laughs> anyway, let's begin with Ohio high school football. So as you might know, OHSA decided to put 16 teams in each region to play in the playoffs, which has its good parts, its bad parts. Of course, the most common of the arguments against is, well, you're just allowing teams that uh, shouldn't be in the playoffs to get steamrolled in week 11, which is the first week of the playoffs. And the co for it is, you know, some of these teams won't ever get in the playoffs with just the top eight. Let's allow them to have a little slice of the pie. I mean, yeah, maybe, you know, we're looking at 0-10 teams going against, you know, a juggernaut, which we'll talk about later. But, you know, it's more playoffs, more schools, more moolah. Whatever your argument is, it's happening, and we have it covered here with all the Cincinnati-Dayton area schools covered. Of course, to get you in, if you're not familiar with OHSAA, if you're in Ohio and you follow high school sports, this, you know, just... Tune out for a couple seconds. OHSAA, the divisions are stacked. One is the most students, and seven is the least amount of students. There you go. So we're going to start with Division One, Region 2. And I'm getting the information from OhioHSHelmets.webs.com. Why? Because they have pretty pictures of helmets. And I like helmets and logos and stuff like that. Because, just because. We're going to start off with Division One, Region 2. And again, Division One, most students in school. And Region Two is the regions are based on areas. Region Four and the last number on the divisions, normally Cincinnati, Dayton, but Division One, Region Two is Dayton, Columbus, and Toledo. Why is that? I don't know. I didn't do it. 
So we're going to start with number 16, Delaware Hayes. That's Norfolk Columbus. They're going to take on number one, Marysville. This is a Monarch squad that's been very, very strong this year. And then we'll have, I don't know why these aren't in order. Normally you're supposed to go one, two, three, four, but this isn't. Number two, Springfield. What a great year the Wildcats have. Again, Maurice Douglas, heck of a head coach. And wherever he's went, success has followed. And the Wildcats, the two-seeded Springfield Wildcats, will get number 15, Northmont and the Thunderbolts, for another G-Walk battle. In case you're wondering why Springfield wasn't the number one seed, well, that's one loss to Miamisburg doesn't help. Also, what doesn't help is... Springfield had two games called off. The game at Fairfield, which the Wildcats could not make up in week two. And in week three, it was supposed to be a battle against Trotwood Masson, which finished four and five. That got called off. But Springfield was able to get a game that Saturday at Lima Senior and to claw the Spartans 46 to six. Yes, the one loss that Springfield suffered was at Miamisburg, a 22 21 Vikings advantage. And I watched some of the highlights of that. How exciting was that? And Springfield's coming off a 47-0 win at home against Northmont. And that sets up another battle against Northmont. I mean, it is tough to beat the same team twice. But there you go. For number three seeded Wayne and the Warriors, they'll get number 14 Dublin Kaufman. Number four Toledo Whitmer will host Toledo Start, the 13th seeded Toledo Start team. Then we move on to number five, Centerville. Great year for the Elks. They will get number 12, Springboro. Then you'll have number six, Finley. Yes, I don't know why Division One, Region 2 is so spaced out, Dayton, Columbus, and Toledo, but it is. Number six, Finley will welcome in number 11, Miamisburg. Then number seven, Dublin Jerome gets number 10, Olin Tangy Liberty. And number eight, Perrysburg will welcome in number nine, Kettering Fairmont. That's your... Matchups, the best helmet out of this one. Well, I'm partial to the Miamisburg Viking one with the classic Viking horn on it. For a time, Miamisburg didn't use the Viking horn. It had the Oval M logo, which I think is on the other side of the helmet. Not entirely sure about that. You know, if Northmont kept the San Diego Chargers bolt, I'd probably pick Northmont each and every time, but they went with the Tampa Bay Lightning logo on the helmet. It just, eh. Springfield's helmet looks like the LSU helmets, which is a nice touch. Toledo Whitmer, their Panther logo. You remember the old Pitt Panther logo? It's on there, except it's the same color as the helmet. Eh. Kettering Fairmont, they have the oval logo with the Firebird screeching. That's always a cool one. Although I really like the old one where they had the... Um, the wings, like the Philadelphia Eagles wings, except it's a different type. Centerville's helmets used to have not quite the wings on the helmets, not like the um, the Michigan wings, but they had like antlers, like lines just coming up about the same style. I don't know if they do that anymore. According to the picture, they don't. And yeah, there's some pretty good helmets. Uh, a couple of plain ones, though. Dublin Jerome just has a gold helmet, kind of like Notre Dame. Uh, Dublin Kaufman, plain white helmet. And Delaware Hayes, a black helmet with an orange stripe. So that's Division One, Region 2's helmets. Who is not making the playoffs? Well, there's only two teams. 1-8 Middletown and winless Beaver Creek. In 
Division One, you're only going to have a few teams not make the playoffs. But for Divisions Two through Seven, there's going to be a lot more teams we talk about. So that covers Region Two. Best record does go to Marysville nine and zero, Springfield eight and one, Wayne eight and two with Toledo Whitmer, Centerville seven and three. Finley seven and three, Dublin Jerome six and four, Perrysburg seven and three, Kettering Fairmont six and four, Olentangy Liberty five and five, Miamisburg six and four, Springboro five and four, Toledo Start five and five, Dublin Kaufman three and seven, Northmont three and six, Delaware Hayes three and seven. So again, for those that are arguing that more teams isn't better, you know, there you go. Now on to the Cincinnati Bruiser, Division One, Region 4. This is the division I'm in when I'm covering the Princeton Vikings for Flow Sports and ESP Media. And let me tell you, I love this division. I mean, it's so top-heavy. I mean, you have the GCL South teams, Moeller, St. Xavier, normally Elders in there. They are in there. Uh, LaSalle is not in there. They're Division 2, but they made the playoffs. Spoilers. So let's begin. Round one has number one Moeller. What a season for Moeller. I don't know if I expected the Crusaders to bounce back so sharply, but here's Moeller. Number one Crusaders get number 16 Oak Hills. This is winless Oak Hills, but we'll tell you why in a minute. Number two, St. Xavier. They will get number 15 Hamilton. Number three, Lakota West, who won the GMC title for the second straight year. They'll get number 14, West Claremont. And my Princeton Vikings, number four, get number 13, Walnut Hills. On through five through eight, it's number five, Lakota East, taking on number 12, Sycamore, in a rematch. You have number six, Milford, taking on number 11, Lebanon, another rematch. You have number seven, Elder, hosting number 10, Coleraine. This is a Coleraine program that never lost in the first round of the playoffs ever in school history. You might say that that's a risk because, you know, Elder might be the seventh seed, but there's still a really good Panther program. That might be in danger this year. This is a match I'm going to keep my eyes on. And also number eight, Fairfield gets number nine, Mason. The teams that did not make the playoffs in Region 4, 1-6 Western Hills. They opted out. In case you're wondering why Oak Hills was picked for the playoffs, it's because Western Hills opted out, and that left Region 4 with 16 teams, everyone getting in. I tell you, I've seen Oak Hills twice. I covered the Highlanders when they were at Turpin, a D2 school, and they played them quite tough. I was impressed, and I thought, hey, maybe this is the year Oak Hills turns it around. And then I saw Princeton at Oak Hills, and it was the Vikings scoring, oh, what was it? The first 40, uh, out of the first 49 points, 42 of them. Yeah, we had a rolling clock in the second half. I mean, they have a great quarterback, Jackson Schreiber. That dude's a playmaker. And they also have Luke Barkley, too. Great addition to the defense. It just, it hasn't. You know, don't, it hasn't translated into wins. So before we go through the records, best helmets, well, I'm partial to Princeton's helmet. The the Viking horn, the red Viking horn. Actually, it's a red helmet with a white Viking horn. Just a, cra- a classic look, but there's no shortage of great helmets here. None of them plain. Elder's got numbers on the side, and I think the panther head on the other side. I'm trying to remember what last year's look looked like. Lakota East has the shield with the Hawks, kind of like the Raiders shield. Almost. Uh, that's pretty cool. Sycamore, I'm 
I really love the gold helmets with the green S. Mason's helmets are pretty cool. On one side, they have established 1962, which you don't see a lot of high schools celebrating that. So that's pretty cool. I like Fairfield's F logo. I like that. Molar classic look with the new Molar M shield. I By new, I mean it's been around for a few years. But Oak Hills, they have some pretty cool jerseys. I like those. I like their look. Uh, Walnut Hills, the WH logo, that's classic. Uh, helmet is basically white, but, you know, I believe they have numbers on the opposite side of the logo. Hamilton, big blue, the H on there. St. X, the outstretched X, always a classic look. Cole Rain, the only bird I know that has teeth. Well, Louisville's logo technically does too, but uh, I always like bringing that up. Lebanon, the spear is pretty nice. Actually, just the spearhead. It's not like the Prebleshani arrows spear or the Florida State one. Milford, the classic M logo. That's cool. Lakota West, the W, like the Wisconsin W, except I think it's swapped. West Claremont has the Michigan Wolverines look to it, which is pretty nice. And I'm trying to look if I missed any helmets. No, no, I did not. But uh, your records are Moeller 7-3, St. X 8-2, Lakota West 8-1, Princeton 9-1, Lakota East seven and three, Milford six and four, Elder four and five, Fairfield five and four, Mason four and six, Colerain five and five, Lebanon three and six, Sycamore five and five, Walnut Hills and West Claremont both two and eight, Hamilton two and six. They missed a couple weeks thanks to COVID, and Oak Hills zero and ten. Again, Western Hills the only team to opt out of the playoffs with all the turmoil of the bullying and the head coach and everything. It, it, it's a sad story because it looked like Western Hills. Would have had a nice year if it wasn't for all that. It seemed like the community had the head coaches back. I don't know the full story on it, but yeah, it's a it's a sad tale. But there you go. The teams that didn't opt out are all in the playoffs. And in case you're wondering why there's some better records down, remember, it's computer points. The tougher the opponents, the better computer points you receive. Of course, wins always help, but, you know, there's always the people you beat, if they beat other teams, you know, it's, it's computer points. Hmm. Playing tough teams gives you a better ranking. Someone should tell that team in Columbus that. And now we'll move on to division two. This is great football as we move on to region eight. And again, this is the start of the divisions that cut out more teams in the playoffs. So, Round one, it's number one pick one. I tell you, the Indians are just on a roll. I mean, this is a team that was up 70 to nothing at the half against Fairborn. And I think the final score was 77 nothing. So, yeah. And I, w- I was wondering, you know, they had a running back last year, Jarrell Lewis, really good running back. And he's now at, I think he's now at Fordham. I don't think he decommitted. Actually, I don't remember. But. Number one pick one gets Little Miami. And for those that are traveling to pick one, remember, leave yourself a little extra time because I-75 can be a real pain, especially around Dayton, especially around the Dayton Flyers. Uh, try to think what the stadium is now. A- AES Ohio Stadium. Yeah, it can back up. So leave yourself a little extra time. A little hint from yours truly. The Kings Knights, the winner of the Eastern Cincinnati Conference, number two seeded Knights, will get number 15, Lima Senior, traveling in. Then you have number three, Anderson, the Raptors. What a team that the Raptors have. They get number 14, Xenia, making that long drive. 
Oh boy, that is a long drive for Xenia. Just thinking about it. I mean, I think your best bets go 35 to 71. That's my best guess. Number four, Taze Valley. They're south of Columbus, I think. They'll get Stebbins traveling. Number 13, Stebbins and the Indians. And five through eight now. Number five, Edgewood. They'll get number 12, Sydney flying in. Then you'll have number six, LaSalle. They'll take on number 11, Harrison. Number seven, Witten Woods. They'll get number 10, Turpin in an ECC rematch. And number eight, Withrow gets number nine, Troy. Helmets-wise, before we hit the records, uh, I have always been partial to the blue and green color scheme of Winton Woods because not a lot of schools pull it off. I mean, Chaminade Julian, yes, but we haven't talked about CJ. I believe they're in the playoffs. But they have the Florida State Seminole Spear on their helmets. Turpin on the other side, they have... Pretty sure that's Michigan State Spartans logo in their colors. LaSalle, the Lancer logo is very nice. Once upon a time, it was just the LS... Uh, letters on it, but I like the Lancer logo. Harrison, the classic H with the Wildcat roaring. That's cool. Love the Tiger Paul print of Withrow's helmets. Troy Trojans, the classic Star Trojan logo. I love to know about the history on that, but every time I ask, everyone's like, eh. Pick one of the Indians logo is really cool. Uh, if you've seen the Dayton Flyers uh, D logo, it's kind of like that. Then Little Miami, apparently they have a giant Panther Paul print on there. I thought they had just plain helmets at one point. I don't remember. Or were they, were they the school that had like the three colors, like the uh, diagonal? I think you know what I'm talking about. I don't know. Stebbins, they have a logo similar to Lebanon's, Taze Valley TV letters on it. And they have uh, the gradient effect where it's pale gold on the bottom and heading up its navy. King's numbers on the side. It's a nice uh, nice helmet. Red uh, Lima Senior, the Old English L, kind of like Louisville. It's not bad. Xenia, the X with the flag on it. Anderson, the Raptors, first year of the Raptors. Uh, they have Raptor scratches on it, so that's pretty cool. Oh, Sydney and Edgewood. Edgewood has numbers on the side. Sydney, cursive Sydney on it. I thought they had like the muscular yellow jacket because, you know, yellow jackets are muscular. So... Records wise, pick one nine and zero. Kings ten and zero. Anderson eight and two. Taze Valley nine and one. Edgewood seven and two. LaSalle five and four. Wittenwood seven and three. Withrow eight and one. Troy six and three. Turpin six and four. Harrison four and five. Sydney five and five. Stebbins five and four. Xenia five and four. Lima Senior three and six. And Little Miami four and six. Who did not make the playoffs? Four and six Tecumseh. Two and eight Loveland. Two and seven Oxford Talawanda. Two and six Belmont. 2-5 Columbus Briggs, 1-7 Fairborn, and winless Franklin Heights, Columbus West, and West Carrollton. I told you there's a lot more to cover on here. A quick check to make sure there's no more local teams. See, what's weird is the second number in Division 2 is not local teams, where it is in uh, the first division. And now I think it's time to move on to Division 3. How about it? Let's hit three. Let's actually check Region 11 first because that's the region that Bellbrook's in. I don't see Bellbrook in this division anymore, but there are a couple local schools. And you know me. If it's local, it's worth talking about on this podcast. It's too bad that's not the same for Dayton Sports Radio. So there are a couple of local teams on here. Most of this seems to be Columbus and South 
Southern Ohio. South Southern Ohio. Yeah, that makes sense. And then there's Bell Fountain. What are what are these regions? I mean, I know you have to get schools in fitted like Tetris and all, but Bell Fountain. And then most of it's like Columbus, which that's not too far from Bell Fountain. I get that. But then there's Jackson. There's never mind. Let's tell you the matchups in D3 R11. Number one, Granville gets number 16, Bishop Watterson. Number two, Jackson and the Ironmen get number 15, Columbus South. Number three, Tri-Valley. This is Dresden Tri-Valley. You know, the home of the big Longenberger basket. Actually, I think they tore that down, but never mind. Not to be confused with Tri-Village in Dark County. So Tri-Valley gets Bell Fountain, number 14, Bell Fountain. And the Chiefs, says on the helmets. Are they going by Chiefs now, or is it still Chieftains? Eh. We'll ask that later. Number four, London and the Red Raiders get number 13, Zanesville. Number five, Bishop Hartley gets number 12, Miami Trace. Number six, Western Brown welcomes in number 11, Beechcroft from Columbus. And number seven, Eastmore Academy hosts number 10, Jonathan Alder. Number eight, St. Francis of Sales gets the number nine, Sheridan team rolling in. And we go through the records. Granville 9-0, Jackson 8-2, Tri-Valley 8-1, London 8-2, Bishop Hartley 8-2 with Western Brown. 6-3 Eastmore Academy, 6-4 St. Francis of Sales, 8-2 Thornville Sheridan, Jonathan Alder 6-4, Beechcroft 7-3, Miami Trace from Washington Courthouse 7-3, Zanesville 6-3, Bell Fountain 6-4, 7-3 Columbus South, 5-5 Bishop Watterson. Those are some really good records, 1 through 16. So this is where I say, hey, that looks pretty darn good. I don't know why I decided to go William Shatner on you, but I just did. Missing the playoffs, 5-4 five Chillicothe, 5-5 five five Buckeye Valley, 4-4 four four Hamilton Township in Columbus. Again, not to be confused with Hamilton. 4-6 Marietta. 3-7, the Plains Athens. You know, that school that Joe Burrow went to. 3-7, Wilmington. 2-8, Columbus Centennial. Again, why is Wilmington in with... Never mind. Let's look at Region 12. This is where more local schools are at. And we'll start off with number one, Hamilton Baden, winning another GCL co-ed title. Great year the Rams had. It was a lot of fun. And that last regular season matchup with Nick Nicholas, the Battle of Undefeateds, that was huge. That was a great win, too. Number one, Baden gets number 16, Vandalia Butler. And we move on. I should really scroll down before continuing on. Number two, Monroe. They'll get number 15, Archbishop Alter. And it's been a rough year for Archbishop Alter. I said 15th. Archbishop Alter went 5-5. Five and five. And yes, I said that's a rough year because... For alter standards, that is a rough year. I mean, what was it? 0-3 start? But still able to get into the playoffs. I mean, again, you have the argument like 5-5, five and five, really? That gets you in the playoffs nowadays? But there you go. And Monroe, what a year Monroe's had. If I'm correct, they're the only team to beat Eaton. And yes, which we'll talk about in Division 4. But... Hey, we almost had two undefeated teams in Preble County. You know how huge that is? I'm trying to think. Is there three teams or four teams in the playoffs in Preble County? The only one I don't think got in was Tri-County North. I don't know about National Trail, but I know the other three are. Spoilers. We'll talk about that later. 
<clears throat> anyway, number two, Monroe, great year for the Hornets, eight and two. They get Alter. Then you have number three, Bellbrook, another great year for the Golden Eagles. They'll get number 14, Trotwood Masson. It's been a rough year for Trotwood Masson, although they did finish four and five. I think they went, what, 0 and five to start? Did play Winton Woods really close, though. Number four, Ross gets number 13, Chaminade Julianne. Then we move on. Number five, St. Mary's Memorial, you know, covered by my good friend Michael Hearn, who apparently reached his 2,000th broadcast. Congrats, my friend. How many broadcasts do I have? I haven't been keeping track in two months. I have to update my website soon. <clears throat> Note self, do that later. Anyway, number five, St. Mary's Memorial. We'll get number 12, Franklin traveling in. I think this is the second straight year Franklin and St. Mary's have played. Then you have number six, Wapakoneta hosting number 11, Dayton Dunbar. Number seven, Tippecanoe, spelled wrong on the helmet website. Come on, it's Tip E Canoe, not Tip I Canoe. Anyway, Tippecanoe, number seven, gets number 10, Mount Healthy and the Owls. And number eight, Hughes, the Big Red, gets number nine. Pause. Lima Shawnee. I didn't think Preble Shawnee was D3, but that's pretty big area, Southern Preble County to cover. So, helmets-wise, Tippecanoe's got a plain white helmet. Wapakoneta, their brand-new W kit with the spear going through the letter. That's pretty nice. Dunbar. I think it's a different logo from what I remember. It's a D, kind of like Duke, but there's a Wolverine going through it instead. St. Mary's, an oval SM, a football-shaped SM logo. Franklin, a paw print for Wildcats. Big Red, H and Big Red. If you don't like Big Red, well, you probably like another gum. Lima Shawnee, red helmet with the black and white Florida State spear. Hamilton Baden, numbers on the side. They don't go ram horns. In fact, there's three rams in the playoffs in D3 Region 12. Vandalia Butler, they changed their helmets. This is the last time I remember. They have a flying plane. They are the aviators, after all. Right next to Dayton International Airport. Purple, solid purple helmets. They used to have the... The three-colored diagonal golden stripe in the middle, purple on the bottom, white on top. I you know, I haven't seen that look in a while, but that's the new helmet. Sabana Julianne, kind of like the Philadelphia Eagles wings, except it's more mid-wing. You know, it's not just the feather tips. It's, it, it's different. Ross Rams, the classic horn helmet. It's a gold helmet. And maroon horn. It's a nice look. Monroe, they have numbers on the side. Archbishop Alter, the classic gold helmet with the brown A. Bellbrook apparently has plain purple helmets. I should mention that I'm not entirely sure if all these are accurate. I'm just going off the website. Used to be Bellbrook had the curse of B that they love. Well, that I say they love. But they have nowadays the classic B. Yeah. Trafford Masson, they're ram. Horn has changed. It's like sliced. I don't know how to say it. It's like dash marks. It's not a full ram horn. It's If you know the Los Angeles Rams horn nowadays where it's like waves and split in pieces, this one's like, you know those strips on interstates where if you go off the road, it goes, you know, it kind of looks like that. Mount Healthy, they have an owl wing on it. It looks pretty cool. It's not quite like the Philadelphia Eagles wing. It's a little bit different. It's pretty cool, though. And I think that's all the helmets. So your records, 
Maiden 9-0, Monroe and Bellbrook 8-2, Hamilton Ross 7-2, St. Mary's Memorial 8-2 with Wapkaneta and Tippecanoe. Hughes 6-1, Lima Shawnee 6-4 with Mount Healthy, Dayton Dunbar 4-3, Franklin 4-6, CJ 3-5, Trotwood Madison 4-5, Alter 5-5, Vandalia Butler 3-6, not making the playoffs 3-7 Northwest, 4-6 Pontex Tech, 4-5 New Richmond, 4-6 Elida, Aiken 3-5, Bishop Fenwick 3-6, Dayton Carroll 1-8, Woodward 2-7, Greenville 2-8, Goshen 1-9, Salina 1-9. That covers Region 12 for you. A quick peek into Region 10, see if there's any local schools. Nope, looks like it's all north. You know, that's one of the things that I fear is that you know, I, I cover all of it and then, oh, yeah, there's this school that's in this random division. And I was like, oh, <laughs> and then I feel bad because I don't, you know, you know, I don't cover everyone. That's the part I hate. You know, I want to cover everyone because it's not done on Dayton Radio. Plus, you know, I think I'm pretty good at this. So let's move on to a region that's near and dear to my heart. Division four, region 16. That's my alma mater Valley View for you. And yes, the Spartans did make it as a 12th seed. So think if we were top eight, they're out. So let's start with number one, Wyoming Cowboys. Another solid year, another undefeated year, 10 and 0. They'll get number 16, Waynesville. Number two, Eaton and the Eagles. One game away from a perfect 10 and 0 record. They fell. I think it was a last-second field goal by Monroe to knock off the Eagles because Eaton did have the lead late. The Eagles get number 15, Oakwood, and I can't wait to tell you about Eaton's helmets. Number three, McNicholas. Great year for the Rockets. They'll get number 14, Washington Courthouse. Number four, Clinton Massey. Never count the Falcons out. They'll get number 13, Northridge. Then on to five through eight, Waverly. The fifth-seeded Tigers get my Valley View Spartans, the 12th-seeded VV Spartans. Number six, Bethel Tate will host number 11, Schroeder. Number seven, Milton Union. Great year. First year in the Three Rivers for the Bulldogs. They'll get number 10, Indian Hill. And number eight, St. Paris Graham gets number nine, Taylor. So the helmets, plain black helmet for Graham. And if you know Valley View, plain navy helmets, white face mask, which I feel like the face mask has changed over the years, but I'm not for certain. Indian Hill has the Kansas City Chiefs spearhead, or arrowhead, excuse me, spearhead. Arrowhead with IH in it. Milton Union, a few years now, they've used the MU Bulldog collar logo. It's really nice. It's really clean. Bethel Tate has a tiger's paw print with wavy gray stripes in it. Not quite like a tiger stripe. Well, maybe it is. It's more like a tiger stripe, I guess. Schroeder's got numbers on the side. Uh, Taylor numbers on the side on their black helmets. Waverly numbers on the side with a thick orange stripe in the middle. And now we look to the left side, Wyoming. I love their W horseshoe logo. Think of the Indianapolis Colts logo with a big W in it. That's Wyoming's logo. Clinton Massey, if you know what the Liberty Flames logo looks like, it's kind of like that, except it's the Massey Falcons. Northridge has a big giant paw print. On the side that says polar bears on it. Well, actually, it just says bears across the pole. Oakwood, the O logo with the lumberjack. And I'm going to save Eaton for last because that's probably one of my favorites on here. Although there's no bad helmets 
so far. Waynesville, they have the San Jose State Spartan on it with the helmet black. Uh, Washington Courthouse, numbers on the side, white helmet. McNicholas, their brand new M logo with, what would those be? It's not hash marks. It's a cross. I know it's a cross. It's a private school. And then Eaton. Oh, boy, Eaton. They have used the old Seattle Seahawks logo for the longest time. But lately, they've updated it. They made it a lot sharper. I love it. I love the purple logo on it. And I love that Eaton stuck to tradition. Now, the old Field of Eaton had the uh, old Seattle Seahawks logo painted. I don't know if they've done that at the new place. I hope they did, because that was cool. That was a nice part of Park Avenue. Now that field is not used. So your records, I mentioned Wyoming 10-0, Eaton 9-1, McNicholas 8-1, Clinton Massey 8-1. Who did Clinton Massey lose to? Wavery, Bethel Tate 8-1, Milton Union 9-1. Clinton Massey lost to Anderson the first week. Ooh, that was a big win for Anderson after falling to Princeton that first week. Man, that's tough. Uh, I mentioned Clinton Massey, McNicholas, Waverly, Bethel, Tate, all 8-1, Milton Union, 9-1, Graham, 6-3. So already, if you have more than one loss, you're done if we're going old school. Well, Graham had three losses, but you know what I mean. One through seven, one loss, and then Wyoming's undefeated. Yeah. 416 is a bruiser. Might not have the student body population like Division 1 does. <laughs> Division 4, Region 16. That's some good football. Uh, now, Taylor and Indian Hill, 5-5. Five and five. Schroeder, 4-2. and two. Valley View, 5-5. Five and five. All the turmoil this year. Yeah. 5-5 five and five at Valley View. Eh. We knew coaching staff and everything, so, you know. They did fall to Bellbrook. That's the rivalry, the 725 rivalry. Why is that the rivalry? I don't really know, but it is. Northridge 7 and 3. You might wonder why 7 and 3 Northridge is behind uh, three teams that are 5 and 5. Again, computer points. It matters who you play. Northridge also with uh, Milton Union in the new Three Rivers. Washington Courthouse 4 and 5, Oakwood 4 and 6, Waynesville 5 and 5. And your team's missing out. Greenfield McLean, four and five. Hillsboro, four and six. Kenton Ridge, three and seven. Chillicothe, Unito, four and six. Urbana, two and eight. Norwood, two and eight. Batavia, one and eight. Springfield Northwestern, winless at 0 and 10. Thurgood Marshall, 0 and eight. And now double check if there's any schools. Yes, we got to go to Region 14. I say we got to, but let's go to Region 14. Quick check how I'm doing on time. Holy crap, this is going to be a big episode. Hope you got long road trips. So there was Van Wert and the Cougars in Region 14. The number three seed Van Wert Cougars get number 14 Rossford. I recognize the Clyde Flyers. They spell it F-L-I-E-R-S, not F-L-Y-E-R-S. But they're two-seeded. A couple years ago, they were state champs. They knocked off... Oh, who did they knock off? Wyoming? I think they knocked off Wyoming. A couple cool helmets on here. Clear Fork. They have the green Indianapolis Colts logo, which would be a horseshoe. Perkins has the Tampa Bay flag. It's black and white. That's a classic look. Edison, I like the Thunderbolt and the E on it. I think that's pretty cool. Lutheran Rest. 
They're, what are they? Let's find out. They are the Longhorns. Wow, that's why I was going to guess. It looks like the Tex, uh, Texas uh, Longhorn Steakhouse logo. Sorry, it just does. And see if there's any other local teams. Uh, is Brian? They're north of Van Wert. Are they local? I don't think they are. Okay, so that's the only one we really talk about. Van Wert, 9-1. Great year for the Cougars. And now we move on to Division 5. Region 16. For, wait a minute. I hit on Division 4 again. Wow, I'm an idiot. Let's do Region 20, Division 5. How about that? Oh, it's a long day. It's only 9.30. So, number one Taft and the Senators. The winner of the C-Mac title, they'll get number 16, Madeira. Number two, Roger Bacon and the Spartans. People thought, oh, the Spartans are going to fall off the map because Corey Kiner is no longer with Roger Bacon. Uh-uh-uh. Number two, Spartans host number 15, East Clinton. Number three, Preble Shawnee. They were the only Preble County team to have an undefeated season. Their first year in the Western Ohio Athletic Conference, first title in the WOAC, and probably the best year Preble Shawnee football has ever had. I should ask my dad if that's the case, but I don't know how much he paid attention to Preble Shawnee sports when he was there. Sometimes I feel like I'm adopted because I love sports and my parents are like, man, they follow long sports since I've started broadcasting Dayton Demons Hockey, though, so that was pretty cool. Anyway, number three, Preble Shawnee. There's no hyphen in between Preble Shawnee. <clears throat> They'll get number 14, Greenan. And number four, Redding and the Blue Devils get number 13, Carlisle. On the other side of things, number five, Versailles. Great year for the Tigers. They'll get number 12, Summit Country Day. Ooh, just thinking about that drive. Ooh, I talked about the uh, drive Little Miami has to make to get to Piqua. Ooh, there's some drives. It's not like D1 Region 4 where everyone's in Cincinnati. Number five, Versailles gets Summit Country Day visiting. Number six, Brookville gets number 11, Williamsburg. Number seven, Marymont gets number 10, Blanchester. And number eight, Purcell Marion, also no hyphen in between. What's with these random hyphens? Gets number nine, Springfield Shawnee. Both Shawnees, both local Shawnees are in D5 R20. That's nice. That's not confusing at all. So Taft's got a plain gold helmet. It looks nice, though. Uh, Madeira has a giant uh, Mustang's head on it. I lost the track of thought I had. Uh, I was going to say a big horse head. I mean, technically, that's right. Redding has a blue pitchfork coming in, a la Florida State Spear. Carlisle's got the C logo. If you remember the old Washington Redskins logo, it's like that, except it's a C in it. Roger Bacon, their Spartan is a little different. It's a... Uh, it looks like it's more detailed on this helmet. I don't know if that's just a scan or what, but it's it, it's not like your normal Spartan logos on it. It's nice. Astros in cursive on the East Clinton helmet. Green in numbers on the side. They're the Knights. Preble Shawnee has the Kansas City Arrowhead logo, PS, in it. Williamsburg has Cats Across. I think this is the first time since, what, 2000? Williamsburg made the playoffs? Something like that. It's, it's been a while for Williamsburg. Brookville, they have a... Pitchfork, but it goes through a black letter B. Marymont, gold helmets, blue numbers on the side. They're the Warriors. Blanchester, looks like they're ripping off Valley View's helmet. You know, plain Navy helmet. I thought they had a Cougar logo on it. Summit Country Day, a silver knight in front of the letter S for sales. A plain orange helmet, Purcell Marion, PM. 
It looks like a Cavalier sword in between the letters and Springfield Shawnee. They have the S with the hatchets on the opposite side. Rankings. Rankings. I mean, records. Taft and Roger Bacon, 7-2. Preble Shawnee, 10-0. Redding, 7-2. And, and again, you wonder why Preble Shawnee is not on top. Well, I can pinpoint it. Playing Dixie does not help. Playing Bradford does not help. And being in the Western Ohio Athletic Conference, yes, Preble Shawnee did go undefeated, but a lot of that's Division Six schools. In fact, Twin Valley South, actually, I take that back. A lot of that's Division Seven schools, and we're talking about Region Five, uh, Division Five, Region Twenty school. So there you go. Your points. Probably the best win, I'd say, the Tri Village game. Yes, it's another seven twenty-eight game, but. I thought that'd be the team that win the WOAC. Patriots 9-1, though. So that's a nice year. Reading 7-2. Versailles 9-1. Brookville 8-2. Marymont 7-3 with Purcell Marion. Springfield Shawnee 6-4. Blanchester 5-4. Williamsburg 6-4. Summit Country Day 4-4. Carlisle 5-5. Greenan 6-3. 5-5 East Clinton. 4-6 Madeira. Missing the cut. 5-4 5-4 Meadowdale. That's a good year for the Lions. 5-4. Yes, I know. Just out of the playoff bubble, but 5-4. That ain't bad. Finneytown 3-7. Claremont Northeastern 2-7. West Liberty Salem 2-7. If you told me that West Liberty Salem was going to have a two-win season, I would have laughed in your face. Joke's on me. North College Hill, a shortened season, 1-4. CHCA, 1-8. Yeah, CHCA. Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy. One and eight. That's another big shocker for me. Clark Montessori, one and six. Madison Plains, one and nine. Bethel, one and nine. Middletown Madison, oh and ten. Rough year for the Mohawks. I did talk about the helmets. I wanted to make sure. Uh, Quickly, what's Region 18? Is there any local schools? Yes, there are. So let's head into Region 18. Same Division 5. There are a couple local schools. And also Lakota. Not to be confused with the Westchester ones. So your local schools, number four, Indian Lake, will welcome in number 13, Apple Creek, Waynedale. That's Northeast Ohio. That's a long drive. Number five, Ottawa, Glandorf. They have updated their logo, Titans Wordmark, with the second T as a sword. I like that. That's cool. They'll get number 12, Chippewa. Number seven, North Union, gets number 10, Genoa area, as opposed to Genoa out of area. That's number 11, Lima Bath, visiting number 6, Liberty Benton. And Marion Pleasant, I think they're in the area. Number 15, Marion Pleasant, gets number 2, Elyria Catholic. That's your local schools in the helmets. Indian yeah, Indian Lake, Spearhead, or Spear, North Union, the end with Union Art, Bath as Bath and Cursive in light blue, sky blue even. Uh, Liberty Benton, Gray Helmet, LB and Block. Marion Pleasant, uh, Purdue P in red, white trim, black helmet. Uh, probably my favorite out of the bunch, Ottawa Glandorf. I mentioned the Titans were marked. That's very unique. I like that. So that's, well, let's look at the records. Indian Lake, 4th, 7-3 with Ottawa Glandorf and Liberty Benton. North Union, 8-2. Uh, I mentioned Lima Bath, 5-5. Five and five. And that's all the local schools that made the playoffs. Out of the playoff race, 19th, Ben Logan, 4-6. and six. And that's all the schools I recognize on here. 
How about Division 6, Region 24? Hey, let's let's have fun. Let's collect Division 5, Region 20 again. No, let's not. So, Mechanicsburg, overall number one seed in 624. They'll get number 16, St. Bernard, Elmwood Place. Number two, Allen East in the Lima area gets number 15, National Trail. Wow, four or five teams in Preble County made the playoffs. Excellent. Number three, Arcanum gets number 14, Fort Recovery. Number four, Coldwater. It is weird to see Coldwater seated so low, but eh. they'll get number 13, Delphos Jefferson. Number five, Cincinnati Country Day gets number 12, Deer Park. Battle of Cincinnati, probably the shortest trip for any of the 624 teams to make. Number six, Northeastern. I believe that's Springfield Northeastern in the Jets. They used to have a Jet logo on it, and I don't think they do anymore. Just to make sure that is, yes, it is the Jets. They'll get number 11, Anna. Number seven, Paint Valley has number 10, Fairbanks. And number eight, Greenview has number nine, Gamble Montessori. The helmets, well, Rams are in cursive at Greenview. And it's very patriotic. RNA with the blue and white stars. MS with white and red stripes. And the middle stripe is very patriotic as well. Greenview used to have the Rams horn. Not anymore, it looks like. Gamble Montessori, a clean green helmet. Mechanicsburg, the spear. Titans in cursive for St. Bernard, which I think that's different from years gone by. Unfortunately, I can't check on here. I have to go on a different page. That's okay. Coldwater, the shield in the Cincinnati Red Sea. Okay, it's more like the Chicago Bears wishbone sea because it's orange. You happy now? With swords sticking through the letter. Ouch, that hurts. National Trail, they used to have plain orange helmets, but now there's numbers on the side. Allen East, white helmets, blue numbers. Arcanum, love the Trojans look. They have the Michigan wings in orange and the black helmet. Not sure why that's fitting for the Trojans, but I like it. Fort Recovery, plain silver helmet with a purple stripe. Anna, an A. Northeastern, I mentioned. A little disappointed because they used to be the Jets and they had the old New York Jets uh, word mark on it. They don't anymore. It's just a block and paint valley, plain black helmet. Fairbanks looks like the Thundercats Panther logo in a shield. Deer Park, plain silver helmet. It's like that team in Columbus, except Deer Park has probably played tougher teams. Cincinnati Country Day. They're now the Nighthawks, so they're no longer the Indians. They have the Nighthawk logo. I like that they've used the sky blue and dark blue. I like that in Fairborn too. And probably my favorite helmet, Arcanums. Yeah, I like Arcanums. Yeah, I know. You probably want me to say Greenview for patriotic reasons, which it's cool, but yeah, I like Arcanums better. Mechanicsburg 10 0, Allen East 7 3, Arcanum 8 2, Coldwater 8 2, CCD 7 2, excuse me, Northeastern 7 3, Paint Valley of Bainbridge 5 4, Greenview 6 4. Gamble Montessori, 6-2, Fairbanks, 5-5, five five, Anna, 4-6, Deer Park, 3-7, Delphos Jefferson, 3-7, Fort Recovery, 3-7, National Trail, 4-6, St. Bernard, 3-5, Missing the Cut, Huntington of Chillicothe, 2-7, Miami East, 4-6, Frankfurt Adena, 3-7, North Lewisburg Triad, 2-8 with New Lebanon Dixie, and two 1-9 Covington and Parkway, Dayton Christian, 1-8, Minster, 0-9. What's happened to Minster? They've always been a scrapper in the MAC and oh and nine. I don't know. It's just it's tough to see. I say as I have no relation to Minster or anything. It's just well, 
Let's look for local teams. Is Crestview local? Sure, let's call it local. Remember, this podcast, Cincinnati, Dayton, and also Lima, and a little bit of Columbus, too, but I think we're out of that range. Van Buren, I think, is out of the area. Bluffton's north of Lima. Normally, I don't go north. Columbus Grove's really high up there. Crestville, let's go ahead and talk about Crestview. They're 10-0. They got the two seed, and that's region 22. Wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, I'm right. Sorry. Uh, they have number 15, Northwood. Northwood is from Northwood. <laughs> that helps. I Don't ask me where it is on a map. I won't be able to tell you without cheating. And now Division 7, Region 28. If you have less kids than that, then you can start Division 8. So I am pretty pumped. My former Twin Valley South Panthers got in the playoffs. On Facebook, they said it's the second time. Technically, it's the third if you're counting last year, which I don't think they did. Yeah. When we talk about Twin Valley South football, normally it's on the losing end. Can I talk about Week 10 against Tri-County North? Twin Valley South won. Yay. West Alex, yay. Anyway, so let's talk about Region 7. Excuse me, Region 28, Division 7. You know what Twin Valley South's reward is for getting in the playoffs? Number one, Marion Local. A Flyers team that's 10-0. A Flyers team that puts nightmares into the MAC. A Flyers team that normally gets very far into the playoffs. A Flyers team, which I think have won a few state titles in the last few years of this podcast. Yeah, some reward. Although, if you're not counting last year, Twin Valley South is 2-1 and one in the playoffs. And that was 1999. Last playoff game was a 14-7 loss to St. Henry. If you know about Northern Miami Valley schools, St. Henry is normally pretty darn ace. So yeah, my Twin Valley South Panthers are in the playoffs. So both of my schools are in the playoffs, and four of the five schools in Preble County are in the playoffs. And I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Twilight County North, if they won, they would probably be the 16th team. In fact, both schools tied for 16th. Oh, that's great. I just laugh the fact that that Week 10 win for Twin Valley South was the difference maker. Because I didn't think Twin Valley South was getting in the playoffs. But lo and behold, I'm wrong. I'm glad to be wrong. So, enough chat. Again, number one, Maryland Local gets number 16, Twin Valley South. Number two, Tri-Village, the TV Patriots. They love TV. They'll get Miami Valley Christian Academy. Great story in Miami Valley. Miami Valley Christian. Remember, they're the school that lost everything in a fire. And local schools helped out with football gear. So they're in the playoffs. They get to honor their legacy there. That's pretty cool. Number three, Notre Dame. Was Notre Dame playing high school teams now? Don't tell Ohio State that. No, this is Portsmouth, Notre Dame. Portsmouth? It's not Portsmouth. I'm not that stupid. Portsmouth, Notre Dame gets number 14, Troy Christian. I didn't realize they were in Division 7. Hmm. Now I do. Number 4, DeGraff Riverside. His number 13, Scioteville East. <laughs> Why is that in quotes? Scioteville East. Yeah, sure, it's East. You didn't do that for Lakota West or Lakota East. It's more north and south. 
east than west. I don't know. Anyway, number eight, Fort Loramie has number nine, Springfield Catholic Central. Great year for the Irish. But under old rules, they would have not made the playoffs. That would have been tough. Number six, St. Henry has number 11, Ansonia. Number seven, New Bremen has number 10, Lachlan. And number five, Cincinnati College Prep has number 12, Fayetteville Perry. Helmets-wise, you know, Twin Valley South used to rock a plain red helmet. Not anymore. Looks like they're using the logo that the school website uses. Yes, I know a lot about Twin Valley South. Again, I went there until 2000. So yes, I would know. So that's a little bit different. And also their football jerseys have the, oh, I don't know what the font's called. It's like italics and it looks like it belongs with the Detroit Pistons. You know what I mean? Sure. You know what I mean? Marion Local, they got the classic yellow helmet, blue face mask. I don't know if that looks ever changed for Marion Local. And historically, it probably hasn't. In fact, there's a lot of plain helmets in D7R28. Notre Dame's got a a paler than pale gold helmet. Troy Christian, they're the Eagles. They have a yellow eagle with green highlights. Tri Village, I mentioned the TV Patriots. They have the New England Patriots logo, except instead of the star, it says TV. So you have a guy that really likes watching TV. It's always been my joke. And I've always joked to the fact that TVS's logo is TVs, multiple televisions. I'm just a fun to be with at parties. <laughs> like I get invited at parties. The Graf Riverside, they have the Pirates logo eating a sword. Okay, not eating a sword. It's putting a sword in its mouth. The plain helmets go to Scioteville East. Notre Dame. Springville Catholic Central. A little bit darker pale gold color with dark green face mask. And Sonia Black helmet with a thick white stripe and thinner orange stripes in between. St. Henry. They have the old Twin Valley South helmets, apparently. Plain red helmets, CCPA, plain white helmets, yellow face mask. Yeah, there's a lot of plain helmets on here. In fact, I'm surprised Twin Valley South is not part of the plain helmets crew. Fort Loramie, they have a football-shaped FL with the spear going through the letters. Fayetteville, the Rockets, they have the Rockets blasting through a circle and Rockets on top. I've already mentioned Tri-Village. New Bremen, their Cardinal looks a little bit different. Looks a little bit older than, you know, some of the other Cardinal locals you see. But that's cool. It's unique. You don't see that in teams that have the Cardinal name. And they have, it kind of looks like they have a gradient helmet like Jacksonville did, where it's yellow in the front and towards the back, it's darker shade of yellow. Lachlan's got the Michigan Wolverines helmets down pat. And Miami Valley Christian Academy, their logo, it's like the Lion King Broadway logo. It's white in a black helmet. Your records in Region 28. I mentioned the Flyers 10 and 0, Tri-Village 9 and 1, only loss was the Preble Shawnee, Portsmouth Notre Dame 7 and 2, Riverside 7 and 3. Cincinnati College Prep 7 and 2, St. Henry 7 and 3, New Bremen 7 and 3, Fort Loramie 4 and 6. You might wonder, wait a minute, four and six, get back down there. Remember, Fort Loramie's independent with the breakup of the cross-county conference. Redskins don't have a league. So their schedule, Minster, Versailles, Covington, which Versailles, the one loss Fort Loramie suffered for one of six. But the first team out of the first three that were 
you know, that were over 500. Versailles finished 9-1. Minster Covington, 1-9 each. Newark Catholic, that was a one-point loss for Fort Loramie. Really good game. Greenfield Central Indiana, that's being ruled as Division Two. Fort Loramie lost that by 10. The game against Dunbar got canceled and not... Actually, that was the Greenfield Central game. A loss to Edon. Not Eaton, not Enon, Edon. Lost to Columbus Academy in Columbus. A cancellation against Thurgood Marshall, which turned out to be a Shelby County battle of Sydney. Yes, Fort Loramie played a Division II team in Division Seven and won that game by 10, I should add. A loss to perennial power Lucas and the Cubs. Not a guy named Lucas. Lucas School up north. And a nice win against Lima Central Catholic. So, yeah. Independent. I don't know what Fort Loramie is going to do. Because the conferences around, they're like Division Two and up. I don't think they accept Fort Loramie. I don't know if Three Rivers would consider that or not. I think that'd be nice, but yeah. Anyway, Springfield Catholic Central, I mentioned a great year, seven and three. Lachlan, four and four. Ansonia, six and four. Fayetteville, five and five. So, ah, that's why East is in brackets, because apparently, according to Joe Idol, I've been using two sources here, it's Scioteville Community. And on the Helmets website, it's Scioteville East. So what is West? Like, not community? What, what's the opposite of that? Troy Christian, 6-4. and four. Miami Valley Christian, 3-7. and seven. Twin Valley South, 4-6. and six. And I mentioned they tied with Tri-County North, 4-6. and six. And the win for the West Alexandria Cats meant Panthers of TVS in, Panthers of TCN out. They're the only team in Preble County not to make the playoffs. But, still. Almost had all five Preble County teams make the playoffs. You know how rare that would have been? You know how rare that is? Heck, we almost had two undefeated teams in Preble County. I'm still ecstatic by that. So after Twin Valley South, it's four and six Tri-County North, two and six New Miami, one and seven Beaver Eastern. I wonder if that being quotes. Two and eight Cedarville, two and seven Southeastern Local and South Charleston, one and nine Layman Catholic. That's a big surprise to me. Layman Catholic being one and nine. Normally they put out a good show, but Manchester one and five. Franklin Furnace Green one and five. Mount Victory Ridgemont one and eight. Mississippi Valley one and nine. Bradford 0 oh and 10. Hillcrest Academy of Cincinnati 0 oh and eight. And one final look to see if I missed any local schools in Division 7. Well, there is Lima Central Catholic. Let's talk about that. That's Region 26, Division 7. LCC, they're also independent. They have a home game as the three seed. They'll welcome in number 14, Crestview. That's the Crestview I'm thinking of. Uh, other local schools, Harden Norvin made it as the 16th seed. The Polar Bears will travel to Hopewell Loudon, the top seed. Waynesville Goshen, number eight, gets number nine, Sycamore Mohawk. Leipzig, number five, gets number 12, Ayersville. Oh, I love that shade of blue. It's cerulean blue. I like that. Patrick Henry, they've taken the New England helmets and made them white. They'll get number seven, Antwerp. Upper Scioto Valley, the six-seeded Rams, get the Commodores of Lima Perry, the 11th seed. And Spencerville, yes, I know that's north of Lima, but again, home of my good friend Michael Hearn. They'll travel to number two, Edon. And Edon is from Edon. Wouldn't you know it? 
Hope well, Loudon's from Bascom. Lima Central Catholic. Well, I hope they're at Lima. That's the first word. Leipzig. Upper Scioto Valley is McGuffey. Waynesfield is in Waynesfield, and I think Goshen's the township. Mentioned Sycamore Mohawk, which, yeah, I saw a Bishop Sycamore joke. I haven't heard a peep of that since. So, there you go. And I mentioned Harden Norvin made the 16th team. The other local teams we normally talk about. Delphi St. John finished 19th at 3-7. and seven, Ada 1-9. and nine. That's where they make the NFL footballs. And that's all the local schools I can recognize. So, we're in the playoffs. That is all the local schools covered, and it took over an hour. Jeez. I told you this would be a long one, and we're not done. We head back down to Cincinnati as the Bengals and Bearcats, the best in Ohio. Why is that? We'll talk more after the sound. In case you're curious what I do between the breaks, normally I get a bit of hydration. I get my topics ready for the next segment. Uh, Today was fix myself something to eat, eat, and look up the lyrics to this next part because it's necessary. Hear that Bengal growling, mean and angry. Here he comes a prowling, lean and hungry, an offensive brute, run pass or boot. And defensively, he's rough, tough, Cincinnati Bengals. That's the team we're going to cheer to victory. Touchdown Bengals. Get some points upon that board and win a game for Cincinnati. Now, the song does it again, but I'll save your ears. That's the Bengals fight song, which I believe was way back in the day. George Bird, a close friend of Paul E. Brown. Never heard anyone call Paul Brown, Paul E. Brown, but there you go. You know, founder of that team up north and the Cincinnati Bengals. When Paul Brown started the Browns, he asked his friend George Byrne to be his entertainment director. He accepted. He had a 14-piece band called Bird's Band. His band played live at all the home games. Man, just think. Just think. Uh, back before, you know, sound systems and everything like we have nowadays, scoreboards and everything, video boards, rather. Wow, that's pretty cool. I, I actually really like it. So when Paul came down to Cincinnati to form the Bengals, he asked George to be the entertainment director. And at some point, he was ill and hospitalized. So he was angry that he was hospitalized. So he decided to write Bengals Growl, which uh, I always thought, it sounds like it's from the 30s when, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals were first on the field for like a few years. I always thought it was from that, but it's pretty neat. And yeah, I'm not going to do the song. I'm not going to sing. And I always thought Run Passer Boot was fun, uh, fun, fun passer roots. I don't know. Anyway, why am I talking to you about a Bengals fight song? It's because the Cincinnati Bengals are 5-2 and two and have the number one seed in the AFC. It's a good thing the season ended yesterday. 
It's a very good thing. Okay, it didn't. But, hey, Bengals fans, did we really honestly see this amount of change? I mean, previous two years, the Bengals have spent $230 million on free agents. Joe Burrow looks healthy. The offensive line looks pretty good. And that defense, though, that defense, though, man, I love this Bengals team. Yes, I know. We have 10 more games to go. Anything can happen. Hopefully nothing bad to the Bengals, knock on wood. But what about that win at Baltimore? First half, I was expecting that. It was really close. And my heart started to sink when Baltimore struck first in the second half. I thought, oh no, this is the part where Baltimore runs away with it. Bengals answer right back. And yeah, it's only a three-point lead, 2017 at that juncture. But I had a good feeling. I just had a good feeling, and I was proven that that good feeling wasn't a fluke. Bengals 5 and 2 on the year, 4 and 1 of the last 5 and now 2 and 0 against their AFC North foes at Pittsburgh, at Baltimore. These are two places that are tough to play. But not for Joe Burrow. He says that SEC stadiums got a lot louder than these places do, which that surprised me. And hopefully that doesn't come back to backfire against Burrow, but there you go. Three and one on the road. And again, this is led by Zach Taylor, who did not have a road win until, was it late last year? Or was it this year where he picked up his first road win as head coach? Three and one at away and two and one at home. I go back and think, you know, what if we started better against Chicago? Would that loss happen? I mean, I like the rally we had, but too little too late. In the Packers game, definitely winnable. We held in. But what's the common theme about both losses? Both were down by three. Both were three-point losses. No blowouts yet. This is a Bengals team that's allowed at most 25 points. And three of those 25 points came in the game-winning field goal by Mason Crosby of Green Bay. Is this Bengals team for real? Can I start to get hyped? Can I really, really, really expect great things? You betcha. You betcha. Man, I I, I knew this was coming. I knew we should expect greatness at some time. But I, I don't know what I was expecting in 2021. Because last year I was pretty excited. And then you saw how that went. This year, I'm just, I was looking forward to the season. I want to see how that offensive line help. I mean, right, uh, Ricky Reef. Why did I say Ryan? Uh, Reef in there. Uh, Jackson Carmen's been a big draft pick. And man, I'm, I'm excited for his development. Uh, Quentin Spade, he's showing that he's definitely worth the contract. I mean, when, Cincinnati Radio is talking about Trey Hopkins being the weak point of the offensive line. You know it's improved. It makes me sad because I love Trey Hopkins, but maybe they're right. I mean, he just can't stay healthy. So, and that defense. I mean, Trey Hendrickson, that four-year deal looking like a steal. 
I mean, this Bengals team just has a brand new toot, and I love it. I mean, the game against Baltimore on the road hit 17 sacks and sacked Lamar Jackson five times. This is a dude that can hurt you with the feet and with the arm. And we sacked him five times. We just made Baltimore look silly in the end. 41 to 17. How about that? How about that, Bengals fans? I mean, I'm still cautiously optimistic because, again, it's football. Anything can happen. It's a physical sport which takes massive tolls on bodies. I know that. You know that. Anything can happen. But, you know, I'm happy. I'm really happy. I look forward to Sundays. I mean, I always do. I love when I'm in the car. I always listen to Dan Horde and Dave Lapham. In my opinion, that's Dan Horde's the play by play announcer. I try to model myself after, you know. If I have a sliver of success that Dan's had in his career, I'll consider myself a success and not a fluke. But. Yeah, I mean, I actually got to watch it on TV. By watch it, I mean the uh, digital uh, antenna decided that, oh, hey, some of the important plays you don't need to see. So that was fun because, yeah, I don't have cable. I just have one of those digital antennas that you could pick up the signal from. So it was my first game watching in quite some time because normally I'm on the road and I've listened to it on the radio. 41 to 17. I got to look at the box score. I, I just have to because three points in the first, 10 in the second, 14 in the third, 14 in the fourth. The last two scores were Joe Mixon and Samaje Pirine rushing in for the score. 520 net yards, one penalty, and it was a false start against the Bengals in the fourth quarter. That's probably the cleanest game of football I've seen. Maybe ever. One penalty on the Bengals, five on the Ravens. That's six total in the game. I mean, yeah, I mean, the Ravens got hit with 46 yards of penalties, but still. And the Bengals held on to the ball less by time of possession, 31-49 to 28-11. Joe Burrow, excellent as always, 416 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. That one pick, uh, he shouldn't have thrown it, but getting chased out of the pocket. This Baltimore team did a great job and not allowing Joe to stay put. I mean, the dude was on the run all the time, which, yeah, that sounds like I'm being hypocritical and saying the O-line, you know, after saying the O-line is pretty good. Remember, this is a Baltimore Ravens team. They normally put their feather in their cap in defense. So, just to see what the Bengals were able to do, that's huge. The rushing game, well, between Mixon and P. Ryan, no Evans this time, I'm sorry. But Mixon, 59 yards, P. Ryan, 52 yards, and both scored a TD. So, that's five touchdowns for the Bengals. Jamar Chase, 201 yards on eight catches for a touchdown. CJ Uzama, 91 yards, two touchdowns on three catches. And T. Higgins, no touchdowns, but 62 yards on seven. Tyler Boyd, four catches, 39 yards. P. Ryan, 23 yards on one catch. 
just watching Chase's touchdown run, I, I mean, I, I, I thought he'd be down the secondary and, you know, we move on. But that dude broke several tackles. And like I mentioned, I, I was on Chase or I was, I was on Chase. I was on Team Sewell because I, I wanted offensive line help. I, I was wrong, and I'm sorry. Not like I was like, oh, Chase, I'm going to burn all my Bengals gear. No. No, that, that was never going to be the case. No matter what, I'd be satisfied how the Bengals went. And yeah, this dude, rookie of the year, just hand it to him. Just hand the man the damn award and just be done. I mean, 201 yards. This <sighs> Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. You know, I was expecting greatness out of the reconnection of the two from LSU. But this dude's unreal. Let me tell you about the 2021 season. 35 catches, 754 yards, six touchdowns, an average of about 21 and a half yards per catch. An average of 21 and a half yards per catch. Six TDs. One against Baltimore. Man. This this guy is the real deal, and I'm proud that he's a Bengal. I'm so happy he's a Bengal. Now, when years go by, make sure you keep him as a Bengal, along with Joe Burrow and, you know, pretty much everyone. Also, I, I forgot that Le'Veon Bell was a Baltimore Raven. I, I don't know how I forgot that, but only had five yards rushing. Lamar Jackson, his usual self, 88 yards on the ground, but no TDs. Devonta Freeman, who came in for the injured uh, Lactavius Murray, uh, which I didn't think he was still in the league, but he was on the practice squad of the Wavens and scored Baltimore's touchdown. And Lamar Jackson, uh, let me tell you, that second half drive, this is not a podcast where I bash over teams. Well, except that team in Columbus, because, you know, everyone here loves that team in Columbus. And every time that team in Columbus fans tell me I need to be that team in Columbus fan because I'm in Ohio, I get a little bit angry inside. Anyway, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, that drive was excellent. And Hollywood Brown, I know his name's Marquise Brown, but Hollywood Brown. I uh, there's a couple on Twitter that said that wasn't a touchdown. I don't know. That dude had a toe drag for days. Literally days. So, it, it, you know, that that drive, well executed. And again, that's when my heart started to sink. Like, oh, no, this is the part where the Bengals are going to collapse, isn't it? No. No. And I'm glad I was wrong. But what a win that was. I was so happy, especially the last part where I had to run out and get my fiance's uh, stuff. I was so happy to hear Dan Horde just run out of ways to say how excellent the Bengals are. I mean, this team has really turned a corner. And I know, again, 10 weeks left, nine games on the slate. Next one's at the New York Jets, which, you know, it's the Jets. They have one win of the year. It's not a very good year for the Jets, and they just lost Zach Wilson, the quarterback they drafted. But every game is important. If the Bengals can play like they did against Baltimore on the road, if they do that each and every game, I tell you, the Bengals aren't going to lose too often. So what's after the Jets on the road? Week 9 against that team up north. 
Yes, the team that thought that because they had one good year out of the past few decades that they're going instantly to the Super Bowl. But wait, injuries galore. And, you know, as much as I hate it for Browns fans, the ones that aren't arrogant and the ones that don't say the Bengals shouldn't exist because my feelings are hurt. Those injuries are disheartening because this is a very good Cleveland Browns squad. When's the last time both NFL Ohio teams were good? I don't remember. I don't think it happened since I started following sports. I mean, most of the time, both teams were bad. But Browns are pretty decent. I like Kevin Stefanski. I think he's a great coach. Now, just don't screw it up, eh? I mean, for Baker Mayfield, that situation, I I hate to say it for you Browns fans, but I'd say... He's done for the year, from what I'm reading. Like, torn labrum in his non-throwing shoulder, which, yes, it's not his throwing shoulder. If it's his throwing shoulder, yeah, I'm not saying anything too bold here. But the dude's been tacking on injuries. And if you play through that too often, then you're risking your body throughout your life. Is it worth it? I don't know. Case Keenum is pretty good. I mean, I like Baker Mayfield, and I've always believed that Baker's a great fit in Cleveland. And also, I like the time where he planned the flag in Columbus. That was great. If I wasn't a Cincinnati Bengals fan, I'd probably get Baker Mayfield's jersey, just to rub it in. Week 10's the bye, so that's Sunday. I don't know what I'm going to do. Probably work, because that's all I do. Week 11 at Las Vegas and the Raiders. A lot of turmoil with, you know, the whole situation with Don Gruden. Lee's helpful tip. Don't be racist. Don't be sexist. Don't be a misogynistic pig. There you go. Glad you learned something today, huh? Week 12, Pittsburgh visits. That is Thanksgiving Sunday. Week 13, Los Angeles Chargers are in town. Week 14, San Francisco's in town. Week 15, at Denver. Week 16, Baltimore. Week 17, Kansas City. What's happened to the Chiefs? It's been a bad year. I had a lot of questions with disposing all that line, and I was really hoping we get uh, Tooney, who was a free agent from New England, right? Former alter Knight. He went to Kansas City. Just... What's happened? I I don't know. And then week 18 at Cleveland to cap off the year. Yeah, like I said, win or lose, I'm following this bunch of jungle tigers. And I, I have bright hopes for the future again for the Cincinnati Bengals. And finally, we'll wrap up episode 222 with the Cincinnati Bearcats. Now, because I haven't been able to do this podcast weekly, I have missed out on a lot of college football. And hopefully, I'll get a chance to wrap it up sometime soon. Because there are more teams in Ohio than that team in Columbus. If you just listen to Dayton Radio, what they tell you. There are a lot of great college football teams around here. A lot of them not Division One, but it's still football. And yes, that's my intention to cover those teams when we can. But 
I would like to talk about the best Division I football team in Ohio, and it's not that team in Columbus. If you disagree with me, kindly show yourself the door or something. I don't know. If you're driving, keep driving because I don't want you to wreck. Okay? I'm talking about those Cincinnati Bearcats. I wonder if they have a fight song like the Bengals do. Well, heck, all you have to do is switch out Bengals for Bearcats, and it kind of fits. This is a 7-0 UC football team. 3-0 already in the American Athletic Conference. And, yeah, this team has taken the college football world by storm. 2-0 starts the year by bashing Miami and Murray State. A 38-24 win at Indiana started to get the attention of the national media about damn time. And that win at Notre Dame, October the 2nd, 24-13 over the Fighting Irish in South Bend. Well, let's just say I told you so. The Temple game where the Owls were thrashed and screwed about 52-3. The UC win over UCF, 56-21. And coming off, wait, Navy's already in the AAC? I didn't realize that. There we go. Coming off a 27-20 win at Navy. Now, yes, I know people are already going to throw things at my voice like, eh, but Navy's not a good team. What good team has that team of Columbus played? Oregon, and you lost. Get over it. What's the good wins? Oh, they're all cupcakes. Oh, Tulsa, great win there. Oh, Maryland and Rutgers. Oh, yeah, they set the Big Ten with fright in football. Let me tell you. And, oh, we bashed Indiana. Good for you. UC already did that. You want a cookie? Normally, Navy is a team that always brings a great defense. One and six, yeah, that's not great. And 10 points in the fourth quarter really made that game, you know, really close. And I, I you know what? I'll admit it. I was worried that UC was going to drop. Because, yeah, it's not a loss, but it's about how you win. And what I fear is, People see, oh, well, that team in Columbus is winning big. Yeah, against, you know, against teams they probably should, you know? It's just, you know, you know, I'm not going to say this about all fans because that's not true. There's great fans all amount. But just the ones that are like, eh, well, not for long. UC is going to lose. Ohio State is better. Go have yourself a cupcake. There. You played the same schedule as that team in Columbus did. Good Lord. The contest with Navy. UC won 27-20, like I already mentioned. Navy had a pair of leads in the first half. But then UC was able to hold on and take the win. Looking for team stats. There we go. It's probably under the team tab. Who would have guessed? Navy did get more first downs than UC, 22-14, and most of those were rushing 12-7. The Bearcats, I almost said Bengals, darn it, got seven first downs on passing compared to Navy's five, but five penalty first downs for Navy, none for UC. Mm. Total offense, the Bearcats were actually outgained 308-271. to Again, I'm not defending how close UC won. I'm just saying, normally, Navy is a really tough team to beat. In fact, let's see if I can visit Navy's website. 
Accelerate your life. I think that's Navy. But I mean, you know, give Navy credit. They played him tough. This is a team that lost big to Marshall at home. Lost by 20 to Air Force at home. Close game against Houston at Houston 28-20. That's not bad. A win against UCF. <laughs> Sorry. When I see UCF falter, it, it brings a cackle into my heart. Not like I have anything against UCF, but hey, it's the rivalry with UC. And both are going to be in the Big 12 soon. Hoo-hoo. Again, it's nice to have a Power 5 team to talk about in the area. Pity that everyone just focuses about Columbus. Falling by seven at home against SMU. Falling by a larger margin at Memphis. And then the close loss to Cincinnati. So other than the Marshall game, none of these have been really blowouts. My blowout level is 20 or more, which I know that yours is probably 14. But two scores, you know, you can get it back. Navy's at Tulsa next, then at Notre Dame, then hosting East Carolina, in case you wanted to care. What's next for the Bearcats? Well, it will be a road game Saturday at noon at Tulane. Home next Saturday against Tulsa. You know, the team that that team in Columbus is boasting about beating because, you know, you were struggling to beat them in the first half. But yet you didn't drop in the polls after. Oh, wait. Did you? I think you might have actually. <laughs> Never mind me. Uh, I think you actually did drop in that because of that. Because I think it was, what, a seven-point win or something like that? Something close. Then at USF, South Florida. Then home against SMU. Then at East Carolina. By the way, if you are wanting to see the Bearcats live with your own eyes at Nipper Stadium, uh, Tulsa's game has 27 tickets left. By the time I say this, it's probably sold out. And Saturday, November 20th's game against SMU has 232 tickets left. So move your butt. However, the Bearcats will be on ESPN2 twice more. And then on ABC slash ESPN, the last game at ECU. Hopefully it's ABC so I can actually watch it. Wait a minute. Friday, a Friday game again? Really? What's up with these Friday games? That's for high school football. Ugh. Yeah, I was a little irked because I wanted to hear Dan Horde call the UC Temple game. But, you know, you know, I had to work. I say that like it's a bad thing, but no. I was broadcasting. What was that Princeton game? Was that Sycamore? I think it was Sycamore. But yeah, that was a lot of fun. That might. No, that was Sycamore. Yeah, because we talked about it. Never mind. So this Bearcat squad has stats on PDF. Interesting. This is a Bearcats team that has 1,308 yards rushing, 21 rushing touchdowns, only allowing 939 themselves on eight touchdowns. And passing-wise, Desmond Ritter and company with 1,642 yards through the air, four interceptions, and 16 touchdowns. I say Desmond Ritter and company because Evan Prater has been getting in the mix too, especially when the games have been blowouts. Which, rightfully so, I think he's due to take the crown next after Desmond Ritter graduates. It's a Bearcats team with one kick return touchdown, no punt return touchdowns. Only 15 punt returns, though. Interesting. And only 12 kick returns, too. So, this is a Bearcats team that 
averages about 505 yards per game. And total offense average per game is 421.4. So needless to say, you shouldn't have let Luke Fickle go, that team in Columbus. Because now he's building a dynasty with UC. And I don't see him leaving because, again, the Bearcats are heading to the Big 12. So he'll have his Power 5 job. Which, yes, I know, I might be a little unfair, that team in Columbus fans. Because... You know, Luke Fickle went into a crappy situation. He did six and six. Should have had time to build it. But then here comes Mr. Slimeball. I mean, Irvin Meyer. And, you know, yeah. And yeah, you can rub in my face about the national championship. whoop de frickin do You want all the refs from Columbus to help you out? Jeez. <clears throat> I'm just double checking to... Oh, redshirt freshman Evan Prater. Okay. That's cool. Just seeing a lot of local talent, too. I, I've already mentioned, I, I don't know on this pod, I'm pretty sure on this podcast, but on Princeton Vikings football broadcast, that I am so thrilled that Coach Fickle is able to keep the local kids in town. I see a lot of Cincinnati teams, Colerain, Wyoming, to be precise, Middletown, Mount Healthy, and I see Dayton schools, Wayne, Trotwood, Madison, Springfield. That's just on one section of the thing. There's Bishop Watterson in Columbus. Ha <laughs> ha. Western Brown. Bishop Watterson. The ha <laughs> ha was for you fans of that team in Columbus. A couple of Middletown middies on here. Walnut Hills transfer out of uh, Virginia there. LaSalle. Another Colerain Cardinal. Franklin. That'd be running back Ryan Montgomery. Former Franklin Wildcat. Lakota West. Princeton. Just seeing this local talent makes me so giddy. And there's Kings. This hometown's listening to Landon. Normally, I would say Mason or Mainville. I guess Landon's a thing, but I don't know. Mason and the last name. Kope Gordovsky? Sure, let's go with that. Anderson in there. I can go on for days about the local schools. I know I'm missing a few. Fairfield. Muller, another cool rain. There's a lot of cool rain. Miamisburg, yay. Kings, someone that has Mainville, Ohio as a hometown. Not like that matters. There's Fairfield Union. That's almost like Fairfield, but not. It's uh, south of Columbus, in case you're curious. There's a Cincinnati Christian transfer. Not Cincinnati Christian High School, Cincinnati Christian U, you know, before they got shut down and everything. So, yeah. My love in this where the Bearcats are better than that team in Columbus. You betcha. Do I wish the downfall of that team in Columbus? No, because I don't actively, you know, wish for downfalls. I'm not a scumbag. I do, however, root for, you know, people that cover local sports, people that want to hear more about local sports, because, you know, I think that team in Columbus is overcovered in the area. You know, we have sports in Dayton, too, you know. That's why I love going down to Cincinnati. Because you know what's on Cincinnati Sports Radio? Cincinnati. Funny. And also, UK and Louisville, sometimes. I do I do really like Cincinnati Sports Radio scene. There's also WOMH in Hamilton. They do a great job. They were Yahoo Sports. I don't know if they still are. It might be CBS Sports now. 
Anyway, there's the uh, big ones in town, 700, when they have sporting events. It's normally a talk station with lots of right-wing stuff. I don't listen to that. I listen to sports. Let's see. There's uh, WSIA. That's Fox Sports 1360. There's ESPN 1530, which I listen to after every Friday night game to hear the final scores. And in fact, this is probably the longest I had that on. I was trying to fight the static, and I was getting 1410 in the mix. And and, uh, yeah, I actually kept it about the row before I turned to get home. I live up here in Dayton. That is Cincinnati. And normally, unless it's 700, Cincinnati stations don't come in well. Especially on Marshall Road, thanks to those big power lines. They kind of bring 1410 in, and it's like, no, I don't want to listen to that. So, Bearcats. Best D1 team in Ohio. Reason why I'm not saying best team in Ohio is because, well, I'm not sure what Mount Union is doing. Actually, let's find that out today, shall we? So I can... Not Mount Raider. It's Mount Union football. Mount Union D3. They're normally fighting for a national championship. So that's why I always say Mount Union's normally the best team. And wouldn't you know it, this is a Mount Union team that is 7-0 as well. Hmm, that's two teams better than that team in Columbus. Shocker. Let's see, the closest game that Mount Union has won, this is Alliance, by the way, so it's out of the area, but uh, I don't care. The closest win was against John Carroll at John Carroll, 28-14 in University Heights, Ohio. So yeah. Mount Union has my respect, like UC and all the local teams. Actually, what is Wilmington? Oh, Wilmington got hit pretty hard by Mount Union, 63-0, but that's to be expected. Mount Union is pretty darn ace. I think Wilmington's having a better year this year, though, which is nice to see. Uh, Central State seems to be having a rough year. Wilmington is winless. Where did I think they had a better? Oh, Wilmington lost a game thanks to COVID protocols. Dang. And last few games haven't been close. The closest one was the overtime loss against Southern Virginia at home. I thought Wilmington had a few wins. Or am I just seeing soccer updates? I'm thinking, oh, yeah, let's cry about the football. That might be it. Then again, that's why, you know, I I need to start getting back on a Regular time span to do this podcast, but full-time stepdad with a career and a fiancé take care of, you know, it's it's tough. So that's that's not an excuse. I hate making excuses, but it is what it is, I guess. I think that'll wrap up episode 222 pretty nicely. Nearly, okay, I was going to say this is over two hours, and that's uh, that's a long one for me, but it feels like I've been doing this for two hours. So thank you to one and all that listened to this podcast and continue to listen, pump me up when I need to do my podcast, throw in questions from Alan's mailbag, which you can do anytime. Don't wait for me to tweet. Just ask me questions. And yeah, thank you for your continued listenership. Uh, Like I mentioned, I want to get to all the local college football teams. Like I said, I know Dayton's having a rough year. They're coming off a tough loss to Valparaiso. And in case you haven't been following along, Valparaiso, I think they hired a really good coach, and they're actually pretty decent this year. I think the Flyers have a 
few wins. I know they fell to Marist and Valpo because I listened to it. Normally, I'll listen to Miami and Dayton at the same time, and I'll throw in UC when I'm in my car. Because, yes, I do listen to multiple games at once. Well, not at the same time. It's not possible for radios to do that, but you know what I mean. I listen to three games at the same time that they're being played. Uh, Miami's having a pretty decent year. They just beat uh, last year's MAC champ, Ball State. So that was a good win. And yeah, that's the local college football for you. And notice that it doesn't have anything to do with that team in Columbus. Support local sports. Support the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast. My name's Lee W. Mallon. As always, it's been great talking local sports with you. Talk to you again for the next episode. When will that be? Hopefully soon. Talk to you then. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. Be sure and bookmark SindayPod.com, the official website of the local Sunday Sports Podcast. From there, you can find your favorite way of listening to future episodes on platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, TuneIn, Pandora, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and more. You can also find the Redbubble and Tee Public shops there too, where all podcast merchandise purchases go to help the podcaster. Follow on social media at Pod and the Lead W Mowen on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. This closing theme was created with the Splash app. This is Lee W. Mowen saying thank you again for listening. And we'll talk more local Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports next time.